This podcast contains language and subject matter some may find offensive. Keep out of reach of children and the elderly. This is Canadian Spirit. You know what I really want to go away, Darcy? What do you really want to go away, Kelly? Gwyneth Paltrow. I want Gwyneth Paltrow to go away. Now, why would you want that? Well, have you seen her latest product? Honestly, I can say that I haven't, no. She is selling a candle that is scented like her orgasm. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, interesting. Now, how much do you know about Gwyneth Paltrow? Honestly, very little. All right, so she was like this former model or actress or I don't even really give a shit because she I hate her and she's horrible. Uh, she started up this uh, quote-unquote health guru site called Goop. This was also the same woman who started selling jade vagina eggs. Yeah, I, I remember the commercials now. I re- yes. Yeah, okay. she, yeah. Uh, she claimed that if you stuck this rock up your cooch, then you'd be healthy and shit, and it ended up killing a few women. So that's part of the reason why I want her to go away. But I also have to... I, it hurts my head to think about this dumb bitch selling an orgasm-scented candle after her own orgasm, which I think is a terrible idea because this is also a woman who believes that it is a pharmaceutical conspiracy to use soap. Wow. I don't want that candle. I don't think anybody should buy that candle. Nope. I think that would be a terrible idea. I have to agree there, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, that's that's what I want to go away this week. Uh, what about yourself, Darcy? How was your uh, stay with the Mormons? It was pretty good, actually. You know. You don't remember much, do you? I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, that that's that's kind of to be expected. They 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 had some fancy flashing pens there. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought this was some kind of joke. Flashy pens. You don't remember anything, do you? No. Okay. Um, I don't know how to uh, transition from going forward from here. I guess we should do a little bit of housekeeping before we start the main body of the podcast. So uh, we do have a Twitter now. We You can find us at spirit underscore Canadian. You can still find us on Facebook at uh, uh, facebook.com slash spirit GP. And yeah, you can also uh, get in touch with us at, through our email. That's uh, spiritinstitutegp at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail message that, uh, hey, if we like it, we'll play it on the show. You can find that that link in the show notes. And, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to uh, transition from Gwyneth Paltrow's orgasm candle to the campfire tale. You know what I don't want to set on fire? What? Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> pussy. That's what oh, I don't want to set on fire. There we go. <laughs> Seamless transition. I am a professional podcaster. Okay, time now for Kelly's Campfire Tale. A cold rain patters against the cobbled streets as you quickly weave your way through the antediluvian streets of Quebec City. The light of a full moon reflects haphazardly off of the shining black stones that make up the road that you travel. Something primal drives you forward. The feeling of being stalked. Watched from the gloom from the seemingly impenetrable shadows that infest every corner of the nearby derelict buildings that you pass. The hairs on your arms, your neck, your entire body seem to stand up on end as your footsteps quicken, kicking up foaming splashes of rainwater onto your pants. 
A cold wind cuts through your clothes, biting into your skin. Between the unnamed anxiety and the cold, you shiver, and from the gloom you hear. You freeze in your tracks, the blood in your veins turning to ice, rooted in your current stride and terror. You slowly turn to the source of the voice. You see a hunched figure, wrapped in tattered garments, its gnarled hand outstretched. Coming to your senses, you frantically dig through your pockets, desperate to be rid of this beggar and just be on your way. Inside your pockets, you find nothing but old receipts, wrappers, and lint. You swallow hard as you try to turn from the figure once again, offering a shaky apology before you taking a step away. A sickening sound echoes off the stone walls that surround you. The sound of flesh tearing, bone cracking, and the tortured shriek of pain and rage that quickly becomes a long, bestial howl. You try to run, but in your heart you already know it's too late. The thick slapping of paws on wet cobblestone in rapid succession would be enough to tell you that if the hot, hungry breath of the beast on the back of your neck wasn't enough. The last thing you feel is razor-sharp teeth and claws tearing through the clothes and flesh before you are thrown to the ground, the monster landing hard on your back. The only senses that still work of, is that of intense, tearing pain and the taste of blood in your mouth as your vision fades to black. So what would you think of that one, Darcy? Sounded good to me, Kelly. I couldn't have done any better, to be honest with you. Well, thank you. If uh, the Campfire Tale wasn't enough of a hint uh, this week, we are going to be covering Canadian werewolves. Yes, they did, in fact, uh, report that these things were a real thing. And, in fact, they didn't go by the typical moniker of werewolf. In fact, they were known in Quebec as the Lugaru. Yeah, you know, it's going to be one of my favorite... Uh favorite topics because I've always been a big fan of wolves ever since I was a child so I'm actually looking forward to this one yeah me too my favorite type of horror movie has always been werewolf movies I absolutely love them. you ever see werewolf in London oh absolutely that is a classic these two guys walking down the woods yeah it's uh I can't remember the actors names in it but uh, But they were hilarious though they're walking down one guy says do you hear that noise and he said no and then they just keep on walking here we are walking away just to try and drown out their fright Always, I you got to see the movie. Yeah, it is. A, it is a fantastic mix of both horror and comedy. If you guys haven't seen it, you absolutely must. Even though it's an old movie, it's a great movie. Trust. trust. It holds up. Trust me. Some of the special effects, even back when that movie was filmed, they hold up. They are the, some of the best practical effects in the business, as far as I'm concerned. I I, I watch a lot of horror movies. Speaking so. of which, did you ever see the um, Silver Bullet, Stephen King's Silver Bullet? I did. I didn't care for that one so no. much, though. No. Um, I, I actually preferred the novel to that one, but I think that as far as... Well, here's the problem with a lot of Stephen King movies, is that they don't live up to the novel. No. A, a lot of the, uh, the movies that uh, were done, with the exception of The Shining, of course... Kubrick is a fucking genius. Yes, that was a well-done movie. There's no doubt about that. I loved it. Yeah, but the problem with a lot of Stephen King's movies is the fact that they were filmed at a time when the practical effects just could not match what Stephen King had in mind. Exactly. Well, you know what? It's funny we're talking about Stephen King because just today at work I was watching a Stephen King movie on my break uh, called... And one of my favorite in particular movies of Stephen King was uh, Rose Red. You know, that's one I haven't seen. You've never seen Rose Red? No, I've seen Misery, I've seen uh, Silver Bullet, I've seen It, Pet Cemetery. Oh, man. I even saw Maximum Overdrive. That was a fucking train wreck, dude. That was horrible. Oh, it was the worst. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely check out Rose Red. 
to all of you out there, check out Rose Red if you have not yet seen it. It's a very one of his better, well done movies. I loved it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, like I was saying, you know, I, I didn't care for Silver Bullet too much. I mean, like the story is there, but I don't know. It, the, there, there was a lot. I can't remember the title of this. It was a short novella that King wrote, and it was a lot more in depth than was it a movie. Uh, for Silver Bullet. Oh, the Silver Bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the novella went into a lot more detail, and it yeah. really created more of an atmosphere, whereas yeah. Silver Bullet, the movie itself, it was very, uh, very two-dimensional. You couldn't really yeah. connect with any of the characters. It was just it was poorly acted, very poor special effects. It was, it was kind of a letdown as far as uh, where... For, for Stephen going. King, he's, he's a genius, but yeah, for Stephen King, that was definitely not one of his better movies. Yeah, Stephen King, he's, very, I mean, he's a genius at creating atmosphere, the problem is, though, is that he can't write an ending to save his fucking life. No. <laughs> because every one of his books ends with, like, a, ah, a shrug and a, I don't know. I'm actually shrugging right now, and I don't know why I'm doing that, listeners, because you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to imagine it. Uh, I, I have to gesticulate when I talk. That's kind of my thing. I'm not Italian. I'm not. I'm, if anybody can't guess, I'm actually Irish in ancestry. And hello, Ireland! We actually have a lot of listeners from there. Um, about 14% of our listener base is in Ireland. So hi, Dublin! Hi, Dublin. You know, I, I've to be perfectly honest with you, that's one place I'd love to see is your country. It's I hear it's beautiful there. I, I actually saw a summer student that just uh, uh, came from Ireland. She's pedal biking around the world there and uh, stopped in the mall. And I met her and I met her husband and really super nice people. Oh, definitely. And I'm, I'm, I can't remember which episode it was now, but I did an Irish accent. I hope I didn't offend any of you. And if I did, well, I don't know. Write a nasty letter. Kelly, you being from Ireland, do they wear top hats in Ireland with the clover? On the side of the hat, do they wear, or is it only in... That's racist. Is it? No, I think they're cool. <laughs> I, I like them. I think they look really great. Uh, that's what I'm wondering. Not everyone from Ireland is dressed like a no. leprechaun. No. <laughs> oh, geez. So when I go... That was one of my plans. To, to, oh, dude, you would die. No, let me finish. To, to put my top hat on, which I've got, and then get a four-leaf clover stuck on the side and see how that goes. You would probably get the shit kicked out of you. Really? I probably, I yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. I can go in there and try to Irish listeners, write in. Tell Darcy, don't do that. Or he'll get his ass kicked. Yes, before I go, I want to go and be safe there in your country. Oh, we are way, way off topic. But I do love you guys. I think you're all really swell. Honestly, I, I do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, shout out to New York, because we've gotten about 35 new listeners just from that state alone. So hi- hello to you guys. Hello. Massachusetts as well. Massachusetts? Yeah. Wow. Hello, Massachusetts. Yeah, hello to everybody. If you're listening, hello to you too. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. We're actually, a lot. We're experiencing a lot of growth in this podcast, and I, have, I cannot be happier. But, yeah, let's get on with this show. We're going to start off with a little bit of a chronology segment, and I'm not sure why, but I wrote for myself to start this off rather than Darcy, so uh, here I go. Take it away, go. <laughs> Quebec has a lot of messed up legends. It would seem to an outsider of the culture that someone dropped a few doses of LSD into the boutine. Uh, which sounds like the best possible addition to the Tim Hortons menu, by the way, because uh, their fucking food is inedible. Yeah, their food is inedible by the standards of any cult, any civilized human being. Point is, is that Quebec has some of the strangest stories in our country. Take, for example, the story of the Chasse Galerie. I hope I pronounced that correctly. 
<laughs> if I don't, my daughter will kill me. It's a flying birch bark canoe, and you literally can't get any more French Canadian than this. The legend tells of a canoe propelled by the power of the devil that whisks a group of voyagers from the bush to civilization to celebrate New Year's Eve. On the return flight, one of the passengers looks back to the devil, like you do, and the canoe plunges from the air and is caught in the branches of a large pine tree. That's the legend. But the tale that we're covering today is not just an urban myth or fable. This isn't just a history of folklore podcast after all, although you wouldn't know it with how much we've been ranting lately, but eh, whatever. <laughs> we're covering a possible supernatural creature that was reported in trusted news publications at the time. That said, let's get into the history of the Lugaru. There are many old world horrors that make their way over, over to North America after the Europeans settled here. We see this in places like Salem, Massachusetts with the witch trials, numerous grave exhumations and desecrations of bodies in fear of vampiric attacks, and of course, and my favorite, werewolves. And nobody did werewolves better than the French. Well, maybe the Germans, but the story isn't about that. Sorry to our German listeners. Special shout out to my self-adopted German brother. Love you, Tim. Anyway, the French culture has many stories about werewolves, including some accounts of the Beast of Gévaudan, which existed in the same time period as our own topic this evening. But the Lugaru were their own beasts entirely. Pun totally intended there. Now, despite us repeatedly calling them werewolves, the Lugaru were people that could, most of the time, turn into wolves. Other variations of the creatures included people turning into calves, oxen, dogs, cats, owls, and even pigs. Why you would choose that, I don't know, but... They also had a number of other characteristics that differed from traditional Hollywood-esque werewolves. They did not require the light of a full moon to transform. In fact, they could do that at will on any given night. On top of that, they did not always become mindless bestial killing machines. They kept their human intellect throughout most of the duration of the transformation. Some Lugaru could even transform completely into wolves, while others displayed a more lycanthropic physique made famous by the aforementioned Hollywood-esque werewolves. Still, others looked mostly human, only covered head to foot in thick black fur. The legends say that some would become a Lugaru if they did not perform their religious duties for several years in a row, in time for Easter, making a pact with the devil. Being bitten by Lugaru, being born from parents who were Lugaru, or, worst crime of all, planting potatoes on a Sunday. <gasps> Gee. How dare you? Yeah, what's up with that? Planting potatoes on a Sunday, who does that? Oh, I know, anyway. Dirty heathens. It's crazy. No, we didn't make the last part up. It is said that if you planted those sinful starches in the Sabbath you would be punished by God or the devil, depending on which source you read. To endure 101 nights or a lifetime of being transferred into a wolf, owl, dog, ox, cat, pig, with the express purpose of stalking the countryside, trying to eat the flesh of human beings. Other stories, like the devil and the wolves have the Lou Guru acting as servants of the devil himself, who once again, this story makes an appearance in the flying canoe. The werewolves, acting as something of a demonic workforce for the devil, 
forced to perform the duties of those who have made deals with him for a duration of their course curse sorry as it is not bad enough being a werewolf riding around in a flying canoe but now you're mending fences for some lazy farmer who made a deal with the devil the only way to free someone from being luguru was to recognize the person as such and drew blood from their animal form at which point they would assume their human form once again the legend states that neither person could speak about what just transpired lest they became a Luguru themselves. Werewolf secrets. Wow. Werewolf it? secrets. Oh, I'm learning something from all this too, right? Yeah. Just... <laughs> anyway, the way to kill one of these werewolves, very wildly, from story to story, some say that the best way to dispatch a Luguru is to sever its head or to hang it by the neck until dead. Others that we read state that only... A silver bullet will kill the beast. So that's true then. That's what they say. Yeah. But our research indicates that this was a popularized method that didn't come out until the late 19th century. In popular retellings of the beast, of Jevoudon story, so we can probably get forget about the silver bullet method. There we go. For killing werewolves. For any aspiring Van Helsings out there, no aside from the devil in the flying canoe story. All of our tales of the Luguru come directly not from Canada, but France. And we're already at the 20 minute mark, so we are actually going to take a quick ad break here. And Darcy and I are going to step outside for a minute because it is absolutely sweltering in the spirit shack tonight. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hey kids, it's Crummy the Conspiracy Clown! Have you ever wondered who really runs the world? Why, it's the shape-shifting reptilian aliens, of course! <laughs> ever wonder why the horizon line isn't curved like the scientists and NASA say it should? The answer might shock you! <laughs> Do you know who really runs the banks of the world? Well, you'll just have to come on down, because the last time I said it on the air, I was charged with a hate crime! <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is bring yourself on down to Crummy the Conspiracy Clown's Conspiracy Circus! And we... ...will enlighten you to the frightening truth of your current reality. Don't be a sheeple! Bring yourself and your friends, whether they're kicking or screaming, to Crummy the Conspiracy Clown's Conspiracy Circus. Or else... You see, you fuckers, I told you I'd do it. I told you I'd fucking do it again. Ah, yes. And we're going to continue doing that until we get some real sponsors on this show. Alright, back to the topic at hand. Now I know what you're thinking. How did werewolves from France get to Canada? Simple. We've already mentioned a few times on this show about an enigmatic creature called the Beast of Gévaudan. But this historical cryptid plays a lot into our mythical Quebecer cryptids. So bear with me while I indulge you for a moment and tell you a little bit about that. The Beast of Gévaudan was reportedly a gigantic wolf or werewolf that terrorized the Gévaudan region, presently the Auvergne region, near the French Alps. There are documented reports of over a dozen people supposedly being mauled or even brutally killed by this beast. 
Naturally, the French started to panic, as the French do. I'm surprised they didn't wave a white flag. I'm kidding. They started to panic and began systematically hunting wolves and, by extent, werewolves into extinction. Knowing they would no longer be safe, the Lugaru did what any mythical monsters would. They packed their bags and said au revoir to France, and they fled to New France, otherwise known as Quebec. The belief in these creatures was so perverted... Perverted? Like, oh. What? Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's, how, that's how werewolves came to be. The French people were just fucking wolves. <laughs> Perversive. Sorry. Pervasive. Oh, pervasive. That's what, that's what the script says. Pervasive. Pervasive. Sorry, even though my reading is shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that, everybody. Darcy, so. with his mind in the gutter here, you accuse me of being a furry. What the fuck is with you today? Holy shit. I, I would just like to, per, uh, to, <laughs> to say to everyone out there... My reading is not the greatest, and I apologize. <laughs> I did not mean to say that. Okay, so the belief in these creatures was so pervasive. Pervasive, not perverted. Pervasive. <laughs> Ready? Cool. Okay. Okay, quit laughing because I'm not going to be able to stop either. we got to get through this. Okay. Okay. Perva- pervasive in eastern Canada that during a 17-month... The word's period, Darcy. You can say it. It's not dirty. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's get on with it. Okay, I'm going to take it from uh, during a 17, okay? During 17-month period between 1766 and 1767, that attack by werewolves were being reported in Quebec City by the Quebec Gazette. Yep. All right. After speaking with... Jeez, Kelly, why do you give me such hard words to read here? (laughs) Representatives from the Montreal... Gazette, we managed to get a hold of a digitally scanned copy of some of these articles, which have been translated by the News West edition to the Canadian Spirit staff, known to us as Super Producer Squishy. We will quote the article published on the 21st of July, 1766, quote, Advertisement. By accounts from St. Rock near Cap Mariska, we learn that there is a werewolf wandering about the neighborhood in the form of a beggar, which to the talent of persuading people to believe what he himself is ignorant of and promising what he cannot perform, adds that of obtaining what he desires, it is said that this animal came by the assistance of his two hind legs to Quebec the 17th of the last month and set out from hence the 8th following with a design to pursue his errand to Montreal. This beast is said to be as dangerous as that which appeared last year in the country of Gévedon. Wherefore, it is recommended to the public to be as cautious of him as it would be of a ravenous wolf. End quote. Very good reading, Darcy. Some of that old-timey language can be very tricky to uh, get around. Yes, and again, I apologize, but, you know, without the glasses, it's just not going to help. You really need to find those things, man. I do. I really do. I know I need stronger prescriptions. I Believe it or not, I found them. Oh, well, that's good. Where the hell are they? They don't work (laughs) anymore. I see. That'll be a problem. Yes. 
All right, moving forward here. This was only one account that was published in the Gazette. It was a little over a year later on December 11th of 1767, in which the following article was published. And I'm going to use my old-timey radio voice for this. Quote, Kamaraska, December 2nd. We learn that the werewolf, which has been roaming through the province for several years, has done great destruction in the district of Quebec City. <laughs> <laughs> has received several considerable accounts of the month of October 1st by different animals, which they have had armed and incensed against the monster, and especially on the 3rd of November following. He received such a furious blow from the small lean beast it, that it was said that they were entirely delivered from the fatal animal, as it soon, time after retired, toxed its hole... I have no idea what the fuck any of that means. To the great satisfaction of the public. But they have just learned, as the most sunrest misfortune, again, no fucking idea, that this beast was not entirely destroyed, but begins again to show itself more furious than ever, and makes terrible havoc wherever he goes. Beware, then, the wiles of this malicious beast, and take good care of falling into its claws. End quote. Yes, Captain Sparrow. <laughs> I like to use my old-time radio voice sometimes. Or, never mind, okay, Kelly's better at that. Although, strangely, it is. Oh, they shut up now. Th th there was a couple of times where it uh, dangerously slid toward seriously silly comic book guy. <laughs> So for those of you who don't speak old-timey, basically, the gist of these two articles are that one, there was a werewolf dressed as a beggar who was attacking people in Quebec City. Two attacks started in July of 1766, peaked around October of the year, of that year. Three, the people of Quebec get upset and take action. Four, somebody beats the shit out of the werewolf. As you do. Yes. Five. The werewolf disappears and people believe themselves free of the beast. And there was much rejoicing. Six. The werewolf returns and this time is personal. Seven. The article closes itself out by basically telling people to watch themselves out there. Lest they become prey to the werewolf. And sadly, after that, the trail goes cold. The historical case seems to be one of those that just kind of fades into the ether without any satisfactory ending. Uh, as far as we could find, there was not a single mention of the Quebec City werewolf in any subsequent publications. So we're kind of left with something of a cliffhanger that, as of 253 years later, has not had any kind of conclusion. So with that, we move on to what could it be? Here's what it isn't. Starting off, werewolves. I don't think we really have to explain why werewolves don't exist. I think that that's, uh, that's pretty much a given. I think that the human body could not withstand that degree of transformation, let alone the uh, flagrant uh, disrespect for the laws of physics, say, the loss of weight, the loss of, say, the chromosomes in the human body, and so on and so forth. I just don't think that that is possible. The next thing that it absolutely isn't is uh, wolf-human hybrids. Right. Darcy, with your perverted <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> the, 
here is the thing is that human and wolf DNA simply cannot mix. There's just not enough chromosomes no. in, in the mix in either set to create any kind of viable offspring. Yeah. So uh, Safe to say it's highly impossible. I would definitely say so. Another thing that it is absolutely not is a devil in a flying canoe recklessly distributing hairy man-wolves throughout the French-Canadian countryside. And I think that goes without saying. Very, very unlikely. I mean... If I were the devil, I probably wouldn't choose a uh, flying birch bark canoe as my mode of transportation. No. I mean, you're the fucking devil. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. Why are you choosing a flying birch bark canoe? What the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, we're pretty sure that it isn't violent furries either. No. So what the hell were these? Or what the hell was this thing? One of my theories is that this was a uh, person with uh, extreme mental illness... Or, uh, what was cons- or what is now, even today, considered medical lycanthropy. Have you heard uh, anything about that, Darcy? Oh, honestly, I haven't there, Kelly. Uh, a lot of people haven't. It's actually a form, a very rare form of personality disorder. It's somewhat linked to, the, uh, to uh, disassociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder, okay. in which the, uh, the subject or the, the patient... Uh, believes that they have an alternate personality that they can turn into that is non-human. Some instances of medical lycanthropy can be seen throughout history in, say, the case of uh, Peter Stubb in Germany. Uh, He was uh, a serial killer who claimed that he could transform into a wolf, and he ended up killing something like 36 people. Oh, wow. I I can't quite remember, but uh, that could be... That could be uh, what we're looking at here as far as, uh, say, a medical explanation. I also have listed here possible serial killer, but I think we just covered that. Another thing that we're also looking at here is possibly like an urban legend. Something along the lines of, well, at this same time in history, the Beast of Gévaudan was running wild in France. And a lot of these are, in fact, linked to, say, wild animal attacks. Right. Well, especially in Europe, because... After, uh, say, the plagues and stuff had moved in, there was a lot of corpses lying around. So a lot of the local wildlife ended up developing a taste for human flesh. So throughout the centuries, they became a lot more adept and a lot more, you know, they were more likely to hunt humans. So with that kind of thing going on in France, it's not exactly a stretch to say that people in Quebec or New France would be picking up on these same tales and it would have created some form of say mass hysteria that was going on so kind of like an uh call it an unsolved mystery uh somewhat yeah and but uh and and here's another thing too to consider as far as quebec goes especially back in the 1700s there was a great deal of fear when it came to immigrants Mm -hmm. now there are certain people in the world who are hairier than others. And uh, I think that in a strange sense, when you look at somebody and you say, that's a werewolf, back then it could have been a very thinly veiled form of xenophobia or even racism toward a certain person. Especially back in the 18th century, it was very common for people to... It was very common for people to point at anyone who is other and want to persecute them somehow. We see this again in like the Salem witch trials and stuff like yeah. that, even though that was earlier in history, but still. 
we see examples of it here and there. Which could be another, actually, I just got to thinking, you know, could be another story, another podcast episode on the witches. Yeah, we, we focus mainly on stuff in Canada, though. Yeah. It is called Canadian Spirit yeah, Darcy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, just, just jumped in the gun here. <laughs> uh, one day we will run out of yeah. topics in Canada, so we'll keep it, we'll keep it on the back burner for now. Um, another thing to consider is that this simply could just be false journalism, or as Donald Trump would call it, fake news. Yeah. Because, let's face it, newspapers and stuff like that, they thrive on sensationalism. We see Big that, time. We see that especially today. When you look at headlines and stuff like that, like, I just read a story the other day. The headline itself said that we were going to be putting people on Mars. Really? In four years. I believe that when I see it. Yeah, but when I actually went into it and I read the article and I checked the source, it is not a reliable source. It was it, it didn't quote anybody who was legitimately with NASA, stuff like that. But point is, is that newspapers then and now thrive on sensationalism. And what is a juicier story than there's a bloodthirsty monster str- that's stalking the streets yeah. and murdering people? It's basically like Quebec wanted to create their own version of Jack the Ripper, just hairier. Exactly. Makes sense. All right. So we're now... Oh, look, Claudette yeah. is here. Claudette, the spirit cat. So now we're going to be taking a look at the similar cases from around the world. Uh, there is, of course, the Lugaru of France. Not from Quebec, but France itself. The Lugaru actually originated in France, as we discussed earlier... But uh, it was something that came over to the New World. Uh, they're very much the similar. It's very much similar. It's pretty much the exact same story, so we won't bore you with going over the same old details. Uh, there is, however, another case similar to the Lugaru that is actually from the Cajun area in the southern states, and they are called the Rougarou, strangely enough. Are they related? Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's it's very similar, because, uh, well, the Cajun area in the southern states, I can't remember the proper terminology for it, and I'm probably using a slur, so I apologize, but um, it was part of the, Louis- the Louisiana Purchase, wow. and it was originally settled by the French. Now, I believe that that same legend from France carried over to there, but as time and culture progressed, it kind of became its own... <laughs> You know, Cajunized kind of thing. And uh, the last one that we're going to be looking at here is the Adlet of the Arctic. And we're actually, we're going to be doing an episode on this uh, later in the season because this is another Canadian legend that that comes from the north. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited about this particular episode that we're going to be doing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's basically, be- it's werewolves of the Arctic, of the Inuit tribes. And I think that, uh, yeah, we'll just leave that one until that episode comes around. Yeah. And now we're going to move on to... The question of the week. Darcy, if you had to be a Lugaru, what animal form would you choose? If I had to be a Lugaru, what animal form would I choose? Because they don't have to be wolves. We already discussed. They can be pretty much animal, any animal they want. I would have to go with lion. Oh, and why is that? Because they're so cool, and I think it'd be sneaky, just evil ways about them, eerie ways about how they sneak up. Ah, yeah, very good. They got just just that sense, you know? Yeah. Myself, I think I would probably choose to be a skunk. 
A skunk. I would. Because then I could bring about the most humiliating destruction of my enemies. And what is that? I'll spring them, of course. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but I think that about uh, that about wraps up episode four. I think that we have learned from this episode that we should stay out of Quebec or we could end up being molested by hairy dog-faced people. Not to mention the werewolves. I'm kidding. We love our Quebec listeners. We love you all. And as always, we'd uh, like to give thanks to Torin for our music that we used on the podcast. Uh, you can find his channel on YouTube and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Music. Uh, special thanks goes out to super producer Squishy for the translation en français and her vocal talents in the Campfire Tale. Further thanks goes out to Andrew Hind, S.E. Slosher, uh, the staff over at the Montreal Gazette, and to all of our sources. But most of all, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you to all of our listeners. And until next time, I've been Kelly. And I've been Darcy Beruda. And this has been Canadian Canadian Spirit. Spirit. Tune in two weeks from now as we discuss, well, the next episode's going to be a rough one, guys. It's the Charles Camsel Hospital. That's all for this episode. Special thanks to Torin for our music. Zach Black, that's me, for voice work. All of our sources we used for this episode. And you, our listeners. For more information on the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spiritgp. We'll see you in two weeks.